Hello everybody and welcome back to the Catch Call podcast. This week we continue with our nature interviews and we have the lovely Marina from Ivywood Apothecary in County Clare who works with herbs and has a diverse background <laughs> and uh, all sorts of parts of nature. So welcome on Marina, how are you? I'm great Kate, thanks for having me here. It's lovely to chat to you today. Yeah, to get chatting. So delighted to be here. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> lovely. And when you came onto the video there, for anybody listening, you have a range of plants behind you. Would you give them a little introduction as well? Uh, well, most of these are a lot of just houseplants crouching in on me. <laughs> yeah. And a couple of unusual um, things. This is the plant from Mexico, actually. So we grow a lot of like plants from all over the world, you know, and um, this is actually like Mexican dream herb, it's called. So it in- induces like more vivid, lucid dreams. So, yeah, really, yeah, something kind of um, more, uh, you know, traditional journeying plant, you know, from there. So, yeah, I've grown all kinds of mad plants <laughs> here. Wow. This is who's, who's next to me now. Yeah, beautiful, fragrant. Yeah, yeah. It's very long and, <laughs> yeah healthy yeah, isn't it? Tall. yeah it's a very tall thing yeah <laughs> yeah and just yeah have you ran out of space yet in your house for plants oh look oh my god you've no idea now you've no idea like what's about to happen when the nights get colder and things coming in from the polytunnel and the, from the nursery there and so yeah have to have to end up in the house <laughs> like this stuff everywhere but it's beautiful you know being surrounded by green is just amazing you know yeah Absolutely. so lovely <laughs> jungle yeah it is jungle here yeah we were just out in the woods this morning with the kids walking on a big mad massive two-hour walk around the woodland um, and it lashed rains and rain at times and you're just reminded like it is a celtic rainforest here you know it's so beautiful the sun that sunny rain in a woodland and with all this dappled light this time of year and you know all the beech leaves and you know oak leaves on the ground oh it's stunning like you know you can't you know don't mind the wet or anything else it's just yeah yeah <laughs> Wow. And what kind of trees are down there? Do you find like fungus on the trees or what's the growth like? Oh, everything. Yeah, it is really wet and um and damp and like all mosses and lichens and ivy trailing off everything and uh, mushrooms all over the place and growing it everywhere. And it's really wild. Like ivy was really unkept. So there's really ancient parts of the woodland here that are have I don't know how old those oak trees are but you can't get your arms around them you know you need two or three of you to get your arms around them and you can climb up into them and there are all kinds of life on them and really old beech trees and ancient hazels and you know it's stunning and a lot of it's like you know overgrown parts and just fallen down trees and all kinds of things all you know taking their own life forms in there you know it's amazing so it's really wild (laughs) untamed oh I love it and how did you actually find the property? Was it something you just came upon or? Yeah, we were looking to move from Cliffany where our old herb farm was, which is right by the sea. And I know you're a sea baby. So like many people were like, how could you be leaving here? You're right at the beach, right at Mullockmore Beach. Wow. And it was stunning, you know, the mountains there and everything. But we were looking for woodland for years. And we actually, we found this place about three years before we ever approached the previous owner to buy it you know and we used to come down and visit friends in East Clare and kind of stalk the property a little bit (laughs) drive past (laughs) like and um when we first set foot here we didn't even walk into the house we went for a massive walk in the woodlands and we two only two little kids at the time and we just knew we just knew that this was the place it was just magic like magical and Wow, we just, yeah, we just knew it. And we spent the next three years trying to get here, you know, trying to move. Yeah. So we just fell in love with the trees and the woods. Yeah. Yeah. And did those people decide to move out or did you push them out? No. (laughs) They had left. They had left and gone back to the UK and they'd been here. um, Nick, the owner, had been here 36 years and he had started off just with one little piece of it and kind of. He bought a lot of pockets of land around it and um, he just planted more trees. He just planted more trees. So the younger trees and there's a lot of them of oaks and holly and um, ash and sycamore and um, loads of other things. They're, they're about 30 years old now. 
Um, and we're so grateful to him for having just planted trees and around all the older parts of the woodland and just leaving them, you know, and leaving them go wild, you know. Um, but yeah, they left. They'd already left years ago. So the place was lying empty for years. And he only really wanted to sell it to somebody who really wanted the woodland, you know, but for obvious reasons. He'd put so much into it. Yeah, and, you know, people had wanted the house and the land around, but he really wanted to sell it all in one and have people just, yeah, connect with the woodland and want that. So, yeah, he was waiting for us too, I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> um, And, like, before that, in your younger years, was nature always a part of your life or was it something that you, as a child, were in and then separated and then got back or...? always there that's yeah it's a good question because it happens to a lot of people and you know when you have kids and you see kids they're so you know inherently just connected in straight away you know um and I was really lucky I grew up in Dublin but I grew up beside a massive park called Bushy Park and you know all my brothers there have loads of brothers and sisters and you know in the 70s and 80s you were just let go and you just climb over the back garden walls you know <laughs> into the park with a big river and a big woodland in it and that's where you were you came home when you were hungry or injured like you know which was often injured <laughs> like yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> whatever but you know we were just let off and um so I was really lucky that my Donegal mammy is like really kept that magic of nature and the respect and for it and the reverence for it alive in us mm -hmm. so wasn't really your reconnecting but um you do then take your own path in life and do different things. And, you know, if you have that connection strong in you, you're brought back to it. And, you know, with herbal medicine and the growing of the plants, you know, they they made up their mind. <laughs> like, you know, you know, and always you're always led back to it, you know. So, yeah, so from a very young age, I suppose, that connection to those magical memories of just sitting on your own at the age of four by a massive river and, climbing trees and being on your own in nature a lot like I would have spent a lot of time on my own you know even as a small child and that was such a gift I'm so glad that I was given that you know gifted that you know mm. by our you know relaxed parents yeah, yeah. <laughs> really relaxed parents you know, Dublin, you know? <laughs> like get out the door and don't come back until it's dark yeah totally yeah yeah <laughs> yeah oh my goodness yeah. um yeah, it's funny, isn't it? There's definitely a range of us around the land who were brought up that way <laughs> and we still kept it. <laughs> totally. And it's a wildness in you, like, you know, and this, you know, wanting to just in this this solitude like that you can find. It's so beautiful. It's beautiful if you are OK with that, you know, um, from a young age. And fine, a lot of kids are like our kids love, you know, in going out and making all their mad huts and things together. Yeah. But then they also, you just find them sitting out there in a tree singing a song, you know, on their own, you know, just really enjoying just being on their own and spending time quiet, like out there in the trees. Yeah. And um, yeah, we're just so blessed to be able to give them that, you know, and that's really, you know, why we wanted to find a woodland. We wanted to raise our family that way. You know? So it wasn't just for our work and everything else. It was just that importance was instilled in us, you know, both from a young age, myself and Ross. So yeah, it's really what we yeah envisioned for um, our little family yeah so it's a big part of why we're here yeah <laughs> and did Ross grow up um wildly <laughs> well, yeah he's from tip he's from tip actually but um so not too far from Claire but um but yeah really also grow up grew up from a young age gardening like our stories that we have for each other like about the concoctions and you know the things used to make from wild plants and stuff like you know I'm like god we made for each other like it you know <laughs> you know like just we we're like both both that kind of children in wildness you know and yeah much like again you know the early 80s or whatever like you know just like off down the fields with you like see you later you know <laughs> and yeah, so he yeah he very much had his early younger years like that yeah as well mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> something yeah. I noticed as well is like I don't know if you notice this like the more time outside because I I really only come inside when I'm sleeping like I don't really like being inside <laughs> otherwise and people thought there was something wrong with me for a long time. <laughs> but like when I come indoors and say like, say I'm actually in my mum's house now. And like mm -hmm. that wildness or that messiness or that complexity that you see in nature that is so complex and like 
mm. the leaves, the farms, the, everything that's going on, like yeah. billions of life forms together. Shapes. And then you come into yeah. indoor life that humans have created that is so perfect and like mm. angular and structured and clean. And I'm yeah. like, this is weird. Like, I don't feel at home, you know, it's kind of, I don't know. Linear. Do have, yeah. Do you have any feelings around that? Like when you come into indoor life, how, like, do you feel it's very well, different? It's very- it's very linear, you know, that, that way of living, um, you know, and we were kind of grown up, our, our, our minds are taught in this linear way. And, you know, the structure of things isn't like that, really. Like we all move in this really oscillating kind of ways, actually. Our heart is like that or the blood moving through us is like that. Everything is like that. And nature obviously conveys that so easily, whereas, you know, square shapes and cold walls and, you know, doesn't really it, it convey that at all so you can see why people when they're out in nature are just staring at a leaf or whatever you know sitting outside <laughs> anywhere on a park bench and looking at the grass you know that they connect in with a deeper sense of themselves and it's it's because of all that you know more s- circular like you know oscillating thing that's happening there that you can see that's even the vibrations from which move in those ways there it's not linear you know and it's such a shame we're so boxed in with our, our thinking and our, our upbringings at times, you know, to be on this path, you know, this really linear path. And that's not life. You know what I mean? It's not life at all, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know. And then it's like as well for us to override that old reptilian brain and like consciously look at we're actually mirrors of our environment constantly. Like mm. we're constantly being mirrored back what we're seeing and I don't know if you get this, but like I have these moments where like, you know, you get a glimpse and you're like, like last week I had loads of seeds and nuts in like a bag with leaf mold over. And I went to like put them into pots and I like took out a handful of acorns and they were all after germinating. Oh, and I actually yeah. just had a Fresh moment where moment. I was like, oh, life, precious life. Yeah. Like, and you get these moments for 10 seconds or whatever, where you're just totally in awe and it's like how many people miss this like we have to get back at it really moves you doesn't it like how could it not how could you be human and that not move you you know deep (laughs) deeply and I I think that's why tending to plants you like whether they're your own veggies or whatever you know whether they're in our case herbs and more herbs and then it's it's so moving like it is such a, a moving practice and within it there's those moments of just complete humble humbleness comes to you where you're just completely humbled by uh like all the life and how how it works and how um yeah incredible so seeds germinating are like a massive massive thing like you know mm. yeah a massive part of that, that I, always, feeling that's, uh, I always feel like when you see the seed germinating or the first true leaves come up I'm always like it kind of, I think, I feel like at a subconscious level, it's reminding your DNA of this potential and this life force and this like magnificence of such a seed with like a couple of different elements becomes this beautiful, magnificent, you know, fruit giving or whatever it is, you know, it's just like, it reminds us who we are always, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And also there's a very like maternal uh, nurturing thing in you that's, roused you know that's brought up when when you're doing that when you're looking at little baby seeds you're potting on things whatever and it's it's we're all also like deep deep is inherent in all of us to have that nurturing quality to express it we don't all get to though you know we're not all given the opportunity to express nurturing to I don't know our beloved cat or whatever like some people don't have that in their everyday life which is really sad you know and when you are nurturing things and tending to things whether it's a you know, a pet or, you know, a vegetable or, you know, whatever, um, it's a child, you know, then, yeah, you're really fulfilling and expressing this deep thing in us that, yeah, we should all have the opportunity to express. And I think that's why <clears throat> for gr- growing, you know, actually really strikes people as this really nourishing thing that they get to embark on, you know. So, yeah. so nourishing. So, and like, it's so funny because like if I get sad, sometimes I like just go by, by myself a plant. So this morning <laughs> I was extra sad. Yeah. So I bought two plants 
and well, <laughs> I just bought them in the supermarket, like because I just saw them looking at me, and one had rescued huge, them. <laughs> yeah, one had a huge pink flower coming out the middle and long, like sleevey leaves, and wow. I was like, okay, I don't, I don't know if you'll survive in my cold yeah. house. <laughs> but I got two lovely ones but I also it was so funny because there was like a prickly one and I was like looking at it and like literally all my fingers there was a cactus hiding in the leaves and I was like what plant are you and I was going around the shop with like spikes in my fingers but it certainly woke me up but anyway Oh my it's hard not to want to rescue all those plants in the supermarkets Ross is like why and you know you can't know. leave them there I'm like I'll leave them here <laughs> oh, no, they're just looking at you. They're little flowers, you know, and they're like, take, yeah. me, take me away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but, um, that's for anybody listening who goes through any sad moment. Go buy a plant and look after it because it helps. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being able to pour um, love and attention into something, you know, you, it, it all comes back. You know, it's yeah. so reciprocal. So, of course, of course, it's going to nourish you, you know, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And and the other thing I find really funny is like I love putting all the plants into the front seat and driving along with them next to me. I'm like, oh, hi, yeah, they're like my little kids. I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Strap them in. So yeah. Um. So for you, um, and Ross, are you selling throughout the year or just some months or how does it work? So the way the herb nursery works is is that we so we've always had it online. So even when we were up in Sligo, we always had it online for years and uh, it was just easier for people to choose plants. And then people, when we had open days at the farm or when we were running courses, um, we um, we always had plants there that people could buy. But otherwise, it, apart from that, the, like we used to supply a lot of herbalists in the UK and, mm. and across Ireland. So that's how it started, just supplying herbalists with the right medicinal herbs and unusual medicinal herbs. Um, and then obviously we just started selling to the public as well. Um, but yeah, so that's why we started with the, having it all online and shipping over to the UK and we still ship to uh, Europe. So across Europe, we still ship plants out. And um, yeah, so we normally sell plants between um, uh, April. So we start shipping in April and we usually stop around September and then in November. So this month, maybe the end of the month, we'll open online sales again and there are pre-orders for April. Yeah. So people can pre-order for April and yeah, so that's how it works. And it's like a crazy packathon days. <laughs> We're like, we, yeah, we'd only pack so many uh, boxes of plants. And but like, yeah, we do it so carefully. And we're just, yeah, we just and find it, it works. You, how do you keep them safe then when you're packing them? We pack them in like nests of straw and like wrap them in paper and like pack them so carefully. Yeah. And they, yeah, and they, they go out overnight. We courier them out. Yeah. So usually it's an, a night or two they're yeah they're in transit and they're fine but yeah it takes a lot of care but we love them so much like the baby plants are I don't know it's one of the best parts of our work as herbalists like you know we love lots of parts of it but working with the baby plants is really so special like to I don't know to look at them and know that the potential for them to bring all this healing to people and you know and to be utilized as medicine for others whether that person ingests them or not or makes medicine out of them or not like that just blows our mind, you know, to be able to sow seeds from our own plants here and and then that they those plants will go off and, and do that for others. Like that's just such a, a connective sharing thing that we that's how we feel about it, you know. So yeah, we really love it. We really love the nursery work and just making those plants available for people because you can't find them, you know, and that the thing about medicine is and natural medicine and herbal medicines is that they need to be available to everyone for them to you know use them and work with them so yeah so we do feel massive part of our role has always been providing people with the plants and as I said it started with other herbalists fellow herbalists and you know we're so happy to to be able to do that so because I think mean, after Brexit like we had to stop shipping to the UK and people were really upset because they can't find these plants you can't get them you know so all of our herbal colleagues over there were really upset that we could no longer ship to them um, and that's such a sad thing that like these plants would become unavailable for others, you know. Um, yeah, that's really sad. And it's just this, this disempowerment, you know, that is <laughs> creeping in, you know. And yeah, so it's a big part of our role to keep 
um, people empowered, you know, around their own, he- their own health and, um, yeah, making the plants available is a huge part of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what kind of plants majority are looking for? What, or what do people look for? Yeah, um, like, you know, the way you say yeah. they're unavailable, like what are the big demands? Um, all kinds. So, I mean, even a lot of plants that would have been naturalized here, people just can't find the right medicinal one. Like in a lot of garden centers and things, you might find uh, a hybrid variety, but it's not the variety that we would use as herbalists in herbal medicine. So that's a big thing. Um, but, you know, things like even Arnica. You know, I mean, Arnica grows so well here, like to make your own Arnica oil and Arnica cream out of your own Arnica is so much potent than anything you buy in a supermarket, in a in health food shop or whatever. Um, and so, and you can't find that, you know, you just can't find that in a nursery. So like even, yeah, we're always getting inquiries from the UK going, oh, can, you know, and we're like, we can't ship over there anymore. You need it. Each plant needs a passport now to get into the UK, you know, and we just, we can't do that. So um yeah so even that like that's a big one that people can't find and we're like wow it grows so easily here you know so um yeah there's there's tons we grow over like 250 different medicinal herbs from all over the world um 250 yeah yeah, different species of herbs and we make medicines with all of them and um yeah you know a lot of the baneful herbs are really hard to find as well like people can't find belladonna or aconite and things like that and those are incredible plants that were traditionally used here too. Uh, they're not native, but they were natural, like some of them were naturalized and certainly all the monastic sites and all of those, they, they would have had them all growing. They're all those kind of more poison or baneful herbs and they're really hard for people to find, you know? And so providing even people with those more shadow plants has been a big thing for us too. Um, and then teaching people how to safely connect with them is a big part of our work as well because these plants are really important as important as all the other more lighter plants that have a very much more lighter energy to them and these darker plants are really important things for us to lean into as well and when we're working on ourselves and yeah so yeah there's another another one another kind of example those plants that people just can't find you know we're we're delighted to be able to you know you know supply people with them especially herbalists who have such a deep connection and reverence for these plants you know yeah <laughs> wow and are you growing like you do you use tunnels or outdoors or both or it, both so we really just use the tunnel to propagate plants um and then yeah most of them are outdoors yeah yeah so some weirdo kind of south american things or whatever that's like to stay indoors but no generally like yeah a lot of the plants will thrive here we're really lucky like that we can grow so many plants in Ireland, you know, so many different medicinal plants, like, and they're, they grow really easy, you know. So, yeah, we're, at, and as herbalists here in Ireland, we're really lucky that we can, we are allowed to um, grow our own and produce medicines ourselves. So every herbalist has the right um, in this country and in the UK to do that, whereas across Europe, they can't. So they're really restricted um, in Europe. And um, so we are really lucky um, here that that's been protected, you know here in Ireland, our right to grow our own medicines, you know, so yeah, it's amazing, yeah. Um, and for you, before this, you were mentioning you were on another farm? Uh, yeah, so we had a farm up in Cliffany in County Sligo, so that was our herb farm, and we used to grow commercially there and dry and tincture, we had a processing uh, facility there, and that's what we used to do, we used to grow, myself and Russ just working all the time, around the clock. <laughs> And and yeah, supply other tinctures, uh, tinctures to um, all the herbalists across the country. So that was really nice. We're a very small community, maybe like four hundred of us, or maybe a little bit more. Um, so it was, and we're all mad, like <laughs> we're all big crazy plant people, you know, crazy. So we're a really strange ilk of people. <laughs> um so yeah it was amazing to um be able to grow and and produce for others as well you know so that was a big thing for us too for a while so that's what we did up there yeah um and have you other animals as well or besides plants (laughs) (laughs) well we just have our pets now our dogs and cats but we did used to keep pigs and goats and milk Mm -hmm. uh, hens and ducks 
and um yeah and we used to uh have bees yeah for years as well yeah so i'd love to get back to the beekeeping you know so my old extractor and on my hives and everything just is stored there in the shed yeah. <laughs> you know yeah like spring maybe they yeah, have a love field day in your place yeah it's a, yeah amazing like the tastes of honey your own honey for when you have um herb garden like you know yourself like even some of those really aromatic uh herbs growing like even just thyme you know and oregano flowers and hyssop flowers and stuff when you know the bees are feeding off all of those really aromatic plants like you know you know yourself it, the the honey tastes different all the time whether it's the heather or whatever they're feeding on so yeah it is it's really amazing for them for the bees to have it so healthy for them to have herbs growing around them obviously yeah amazing i love it i love to hear people talk about bees <laughs> oh, um, yeah. um, <laughs> what else was i gonna say now i'll be just thinking about bees in my head now um, i know um yeah so possibly even if anybody's listening for christmas they could even buy a plant for somebody off you or something like that yeah totally yeah if you know someone who's into herbs into plants yeah and and yeah absolutely yeah you can take a look online and, and see what we have it's you'll be on there for a while <laughs> but we do put up the uses and things like that as well a kind of a brief thing just to guide people you know um because it's yeah quite extensive range plants we grow yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah just uh curious around what would be your favorite go-to for any yeah for me yeah or maybe even for anybody listening say there's a lot of um grief now on the planet like would you recommend anything Mm -hmm. for anybody listening in oh yeah grief's an interesting one because um it's something that you know can hold within you unless it's expressed um and there's a lot of plants that we would use that are around releasing grief and then other plants that are more around holding the heart. So if someone is experiencing grief and this heartache that's worldwide right now, heart herbs and lung herbs that are for grief are, are really important. So when we talk about grief, it's the lungs, you know, you hold the grief in your lungs. And it's why even song and that is so important, it, it releases grief, you know, and, and that's why obviously, you know, the way we wake here in Ireland, people is such an important thing, you know, growing up with those traditions of of singing, singing around uh, death, you know, is really important because it releases grief from the lungs. Mm. But some of my certainly herbs that I would consider for grief, one of my, I suppose, yeah, w- one of them would be Tussilago, which is coltsfoot. And that plant is, it's a wild plant here in Ireland. Um, and you make amazing cough medicine from the flowers, which which they bloom before the leaves. So um, you probably know it. I'm sure you've seen it, Kate, around and this beautiful leaf. Um, but that's a really important herb for grief and letting go. Yeah. And moving on from grief. And then there's other times as well where I suppose if you don't sit with the grief and lean into it, then that can create an issue for people. So some of the those darker shadowy, more shadowy plants I was speaking about, like a lot of them release grief in people as well. And you don't have to ingest them <clears throat> at all. You just, just being with them. And it, what it is, is it's, it's sitting with a, a much more stiller, darker aspect of yourselves. And as you said, Kate, you know, when you're, when you're feeling a lot of grief, you kind of tend to busy yourselves. It, it makes you feel better, right? To like, oh, get out and do something and blah, 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 blah and keep busy or whatever. Whereas, that can be quite repressive for grief um, and it can affect the lungs. So sometimes people come into you with lung issues, they're repressing a lot of grief. And sometimes working with some of those more shadowy plants is really helpful for people to find a lot of stillness and, and go into a darker space. Not comfortable all the time, but it's important. You know, it's an important thing not to negate, you know, going into that darker space in yourself. And um, so that can be really helpful. And then also, I mean, there's loads of heart herbs that are so important for grief. Um, and one of them is my favorite is motherwort. And it is called motherwort for a reason, you know, not not just because it's very important for mothers around birth and, and things like that, but also where there's a lot of stress or anxiety um, that or fear that affects the heart, 
you know, and I you see that in a lot of people right now, it's really affecting their heart space, you know, because it's the, the, such a travesty happening. Like, so motherwort really holds the heart space, you know, and that's really an important thing for grief as well, that the heart is held. And is there any other herb that people could use? Well, hawthorn, you know, is right here right now. Um, and interestingly, um, the flowers, you know, which are usually May and June, they are have a much lighter energy to them, obviously, and they are really about lightening everything and that lighter aspect. But, you know, with something like grief, that maybe isn't always useful. You know, like actually sinking deeper into the heart space is what's more useful rather than, you know, a lot of the really nice nervine herbs that we have that are, um, you know, they're are anti antidepressant and things like that. Like they're great and they're really nice to uh, ease like the pain um, and stress and anxiety or hurt of grief, but they're not always useful to help shift it. Does that, if that makes sense? Mm. So some of the more deeper heart herbs and Hawthorne will be one of them, the Hawthorne berry um, has a much more deeper acting um effect on the heart um and it's a nourishing again like the motherwort so those things are important you know looking into those kind of more deeper and as i said sometimes darker spaces around grief rather than just lightening the mood you know that can be important because grief needs to be felt you know and expressed and experienced fully and leaned into i would say yeah yeah and some people well collectively with what's going on like the last five four three four five years it's we've gone through some massive dark holes and we're just getting stripped back more and more and I find anyway it's like um when we go through that grief process it's almost like a loss of self like the self is almost afraid and it's like knowing that newness can emerge and it's such a ripe and prominent part of nature that happens year on year on year on for billions of years and it's like for us to trust in that process even though it feels scary yeah absolutely and you know we we do let go and change so much as people over our lifetime that there's there's also a loss of a, a perception of yourself that happens continually you know throughout life but this that's also a loss a letting go of you a different aspect of yourself or letting go of a a perception you had of yourself or a perception others had of you (laughs) you know this is happening continually and as you said the last five years have been there's been a lot of trauma around all of that you know um for people you know and so there's been a lot to deal with that there's been huge shifts and a lot of letting go of others and rifts in family (laughs) you know pretty huge like so all of that was felt very deeply, um, but not pos- but possibly not expressed all the time. You know, we we move on like you always were taught that it's best to just move on. Mm. Whereas, you know, if you're capable of being able to and maybe this is more of a personality thing and some people are, are a- more able to do this and always were like this as children, even if you're able to go into those darker kind of spaces within yourself and sit with things um, it's helpful. You know, it's really helpful for any change that's happening and any rebirth or regrowth or whatever. So, yeah, a lot. I think a lot of people have gone through that over the last five years as well. You know, that kind of that shift. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And have you found that you've had an increase in demand for knowledge and plants and coming to you over those last few years? Yeah, certainly. There's a lot more people uh, took the time uh you know, to really care for themselves a bit better, you know, um, and maybe a, a deeper understanding was brought forth in people like, how, how how can you do that? And people really wanted to feel empowered and not not um, at the mercy, you know, not just left abandoned. So there was a lot of that, you know, people really were look, looking towards natural medicine, looking towards herbs in particular as well and nutrition um to regain that strength in themselves and that's that self-empowerment you know so yeah absolutely there has been this lovely resurgence like but with it is, has come a lot more people offering that you know and that's been wonderful too because there's whole communities out there who need that like so you know I really do feel more herbalists here the better you know the more people out there 
you know, taking the time to be with people, to treat people, to help them move through different things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and the more opportunity or the more people who hold space for people and facilitate things for people to come together, if that's what they need, then that's wonderful. There's definitely been a massive, you know, resurgence in that, you know, the last few years. And yeah, it's really pretty incredible to see, like, you know, yeah. And something as well that I really love to focus on is like the alchemy of that darkness or that loss say over the last few years like because if you actually go into it and what always comes after dark is light and it's like I heard a lady one day and saying a podcast and I was like because you know sometimes you're like oh more darkness <laughs> shit like I've had enough <laughs> but a girl yeah, especially in a, Ireland no. a girl came on a podcast and she said something like oh my god I was so jealous like she was kind of making light of it but the girl had faced so much darkness like really traumatic events and such awful circumstances and she actually said after she was like that girl has an enormous capacity now for light because she has gone into such darkness and it's like Mm -hmm. if we actually choose to go into it even though it's awful and painful and everything like afterwards the sun shines on us you know because if we don't alchemize like what happens you know it gets stuck doesn't it yeah and you do have to retreat into that those dark spaces you know on your own (laughs) with yourself (laughs) um to to grow you know to basically grow and yeah absolutely and there's a there's funny when you're talking about that there's one plant that really struck me this year and was so shocked by it because I've been growing this plant for like 20 years you know 15 20 years and I never taken as much uh, notice of it of it Mm -hmm. as I have over the last year and that happens all the time but the one thing that came from this plant it's Alcamilla actually which is ladies mantle yeah it's the Latin name is Alcamilla and uh, yeah it's ladies mantle you know it grows on roundabouts here in Ireland you know it's so common and it would be in all the old uh, apothecary, monastery, you know, gardens, you know, it's been used for centuries um, and for ritual and otherwise. And it's really important for women. But it was really about it was such a sunny kind of disposition to this plant. Like, but at the same time, it has it allows you to go into those really and accept those darker spaces in yourself and accept, you know, and that that just was so struck me this year, how it was it allows you to do that. You know, and it brings you into those deeper spaces with no fear um, to go in and, and really face, face those spaces within you and accept them and then and then come back into the light. Like, and that's what Alchemil is about. Like, and it's, whew, you know, incredible. And it's it's also one of those plants that's for women and during times of transition, you know, um, where you need to have a certain amount of strength to kind of cut out all the dead wood around you if that makes sense of your life and move forward and that could mean friends it could mean family it could mean work it could mean a massive shift in lifestyle whatever but that it helps you through that those transition times and um, yeah and going into those darker places and then re-emerging like so yeah important plan for that alcamilla yeah ladies mantle yeah she's amazing yeah <laughs> and how would you take it you can take ladies mantle leaf as a tea so leaf and flower are just leaf um, as a tea and it you know grows so easily and you know spreads and stuff and yeah big massive like palmate leaves on it um so yeah and take it fresh as a tea you know dry it and take it as a tea and you can make tincture out of it if you want but you know grows mostly around so yeah it's yeah it's easily used utilized by people yeah yeah I actually got a dehydrator this week. I was like, yes. <laughs> I was very excited. Yeah. I was drying loads yeah. of bits the other the last few days. Yeah. And I'm like, every day I'm like, yes, this is making me so happy. Yeah, yeah. What can I put in now? I yeah. know. I'm like, what will I put in? I'm like, can I put that yeah. in? Can I put that in? Put the cat in there. Yeah. I'm only joking. The cat wants yeah, to yeah. it though. I'm like, what is that? Yeah, yeah. It's nice and warm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, oh that is exciting that's an exciting step when you when you grow your own you know yeah, absolutely yeah, I know. because <laughs> yeah. like if I put stuff in the press or the window it just takes ages and then there's a risk of mold and you know yourself so, so damp here yeah yeah absolutely it's a game changer when you have a proper drying system in place <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah 
absolutely. Um, yeah. Super. Um, and for anybody listening, would you like to share anything about anything upcoming or anything like that? Well, we are in building mode until we finish our crazy self-built, um, which has been like really all-consuming, seriously, <laughs> heavy physical work. <laughs> but we're getting there. We are getting there. And yeah, we're just really excited to be back, um, not just teaching ourselves and facilitating ourselves and reopening the clinic as well, because we have had it closed. Because um, we don't do online there and we don't really do online teaching either. We just really feel... Uh, with the teaching around the plants and um, it has to be practical you yeah. have to be able to touch feel smell everything else and it's so exciting when people are all cooking up things together it's not just demos like everyone's doing stuff and <laughs> cooking their things and it's we love it you love that kind of action that's I suppose just our personalities yeah. um and same with the clinic yeah you know it doesn't work really just seeing people like you, you have to see them face to face you know I feel from myself yeah. anyway so so yeah so that's gonna happen it could be now January or whatever before it happens but that's okay we kind of you just have to let things happen as they happen but we're also really looking forward to something else that we used to do was invite other facilitators in and people from around the world to fly them in and um, to yeah whether hold space workshops courses and stuff uh, for other herbalists mostly but for the public too and yeah, we're just really look forward to getting back to that as well, as well as our own uh, teaching work and stuff. So the new space has been a big, big undertaking for us, you know, uh, here. And yeah, it's really exciting to see it kind of come into its to fruition. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I totally understand the manual work. I'm like, that's tough going. Wow. Yeah. Fate, yeah. Love I'd, it. Say there's, like yourself. I'd say there's no better <laughs> woman for us. <laughs> yeah for you too you know it's like you love it right it's like you said about being outside it's like being outside working like is there's nothing like it like and the satisfaction of you know the task or whatever like it's just ah it's good when I I get like tools in my hand the amount of power I feel I don't know what it is but I feel damn powerful (laughs) deadly yeah like I love I love walking along the field and I love my slasher on my shoulder and I'd be like yeah Yeah. No, no, nobody's yeah. there like nobody's around me but I'm like yeah. wow I am so powerful yeah. yeah yeah there's nothing like a slash hook I swear to god it's the most useful tool like slash hook oh my yeah. god or like yeah when I start the chainsaw I'm like yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah oh. but then like after a couple of minutes I'm like I'm dead I can't do it anymore like yeah. everybody needs to use one well not everybody yeah. but you know not kids <laughs> yeah. like, just like how much energy it takes from you is amazing and like for anybody like those darker energies that are fueled in the body or stuck like doing manual work is like amazing oh, totally it's shifting and it's why you know like you've maybe found yourself like you're so drawn to this lifestyle now is like it, it it really moves energy like and we don't need that stagnation in us like so it's it's such a it's such a reward rewarding and nourishing way to move all that energy and keep it flowing you know so mm. yeah it's important and it, I'm delighted for anyone who's found their little plot and they're doing their thing and experiencing that like it's precious you know it's precious yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. fairly did <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm just like getting memories now of like jumping over gates and jumping under gates and just you know when you're bringing people out doing it like and just the fun that comes back into them and they're like can I go through that and I'm like yeah go through it come on like the animal comes alive and you're just you're just enjoying presence oh you'll have to come here for a walk someday that's how I've I've dragged dragged people into the woods all the time sometimes with our three dogs three big dogs sometimes with their dogs and it's like full on up and over and you're gonna you know clambering through things like and people who aren't used to that like would be like what the heck like or it's like it's so exciting though I would love to love to and get some plants (laughs) too yeah you'll have to come down for a crazy ramble I'll uh, drag you through some some of the woods yeah (laughs) Yeah. have you ever thought about doing the farm walks farm walks for nature or maybe not yet when you've done the self-build or yeah I think yeah when we when we uh, finish up the building we absolutely will again and it's 
I mean, yeah, like when we found this place, it was calling for people to be brought here. And after we finish this building, we have plans for some of the spaces in the woodlands too, um, for other things to be placed there. And yeah, it, to be bringing people out into nature is incredible. You know, um, we ran a forest school here with our kids and we're homeschooling. So that was just amazing. Like having all the kids, there's like 14 kids, like homeschool kids in the woods. Like, you know, they're just, you know, it's it's so important for the space as well, whether it's farm walks, to have people brought to those spaces yeah. shifts the energy of those that land. You know, it's so important. Uh, and land the land calls out for it too. So to bring people together like that is is as you know nourishing for the land as it is for the people you know so mm. absolutely yeah more of that to come for sure <laughs> yeah. and it's like yeah. going back to that place of places weren't meant to be like that isolated like there's a special woods I go to here and like nobody goes there it's like yeah, nobody goes nice. there. there's nothing around it you know but it, it is private it's a farmer's but I sneak in there all the time <laughs> And, um, yeah. he's like are you the girl that goes into my woods and I'm like ah, maybe um, yeah, yeah. it's so potent because nobody goes there and anytime I've anything sticky I go in and I am like a new person when I come out like there has never yeah. been a time that I've gone and still felt icky coming out like I'm so cleared and the other important thing is that like it's the land as well as saying thank you um, like for coming and being and witnessing it because it is so like the way the trees have formed they're ancient like hundreds and hundreds of years all Amazing. types of oaks um so many species and then and then there's like maybe like eight or nine of them that have fallen and are still growing yeah. out massive yeah and it's like nature Perfect. just actually Faces. wants to be witnessed as well engaged yeah and it wants to be engaged with you know and it's it's so lovely you know that and you've experienced that because it's so true and the, the plants and the trees are like that you go out and they're all at you like you know wanting, wanting attention but that's it's important for them to connect with you and it's important for you to take the time to connect them and you know when you're teaching people how to grow plants like they're all about the soil type and the, everything you're like forget about that you know actually just go out and spend time with the plants and the trees and it, like you said like these these spaces are really call out for it but it's interesting there's a few pockets of ivy that don't want to be disturbed yet you know they don't mm. want anyone there mm. and it's really interesting to be able to uh discern that like with certain spaces out there in the woods so but but generally <laughs> they want you they want you in wow. but yeah a couple of little spots that are got their own thing going on <laughs> you have to be respectful of that too yeah yeah very interesting yeah <laughs> um I think a final question might be if anybody's listening and they're really enthused um is there anywhere they could go to go down the herbal medicine route or what would you recommend yeah um if you wanted to become a herbalist or work with herbs there's loads of different ways to do that um and um there's lots of different ways you can study there's three different kind of main schools in Ireland and then there's other herbalists that take on apprentices and it really depends what you want out of it what's your intention with it you know so like a lot of the people I would have studied with for example like the class of 30 of us or whatever there was um not all of us became clinical herbalists you know some people went on to have cream businesses like really well you know ones that we're doing really well now and different businesses or different things are just use it for themselves and their family you know so it depends on what your intention is um because some of those ways to study herbal medicine are very geared towards clinical practice um and then other ones are more geared towards maybe more community herbalism where you are just uh yeah just you're producing for a market or whatever you want to do you know so and and making products so it really depends but so some of those are longer routes than others and yeah. um, but it's just a lifelong learning I mean we're like you know it's lifelong and it's so exciting because it's changing it changes all the time for you as I said like different plants make themselves known to you on a deeper level all the time depending on really what you need or sometimes it depends on um, the intention you have towards helping someone else, you know, uh, so that's important too. And plants can come forth for you as a herbalist when you have an intention towards helping someone else with their health issues. So it just shifts all the time and deepens. And any herbalist will tell you there's lifetimes and lifetimes of learning and experiencing 
um, the plants in it. But yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely more professional routes to go down here in Ireland, and yeah, it depends on you know what you want to put into it, yeah, and get out of it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's being brought back, and you know, just for even somebody to have a window box and choose one herb or two herbs, and you know, to start off and connect. Totally, just pick the mix and tea every day or whatever you want to do um yeah absolutely you just smell it if you want whatever that's you know healing itself so yeah it's it's interesting as well like you know on different workshops just thinking back in the summer where I'd have like wild tea and stuff and some people have never been in contact and they'd be like what's wild tea though and they'd be like what drink that and then like (laughs) I'd put different herbs into the honeys and they're like can I eat this bit and I'm like yeah 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 you know, yeah. and like just trusting, like yeah. there's such a fear being induced, and it's like trusting again, and like sure, totally. I'd be touching Uh-oh. poo and everything on my hands, and I'm perfectly yeah. fine. You know, <laughs> part of the ecosystem. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That deep trust <laughs> is part of the yeah, <laughs> the disconnection that people have uh, with themselves, really. You know, and yeah, it's yeah, it it's really important that people like yourself, you know, are actually out there reintroducing people and like that's no small thing you know that you would make a wild tea for someone on one of your courses and that would be the first time they got to taste a tea that had a bit of you know sticky back and a bit of planting in it and a bit of something you know that's that's huge for them huge for that person you know I feel it's you know it's amazing for them so though even those small what seemingly are small introductions are yeah it can be really potent you know for people and important you know so yeah, amazing. Love witnessing that. It's <laughs> funny, it? like, it's hilarious. Yeah. I'd be like, have, yeah. a mon- have a bite of that there and have a munch of that. And they'd be like, can I eat it? Yeah, yeah. Eat it, yeah. yeah, no bothers. Yeah, yeah. You're sure I can? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God, so funny. Yeah. Um, well, thank you, Marina, com- for coming on. It's been great wow. chatting to you. Thanks for the chat, Kate. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, lovely to chat to you face to face, slightly face to face. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> so, folks, thanks a million for tuning in. And if you like this episode, please give it a share. Um, and patrons, thank you for supporting. If you can support my nature mission, go on to catch caught on Patreon. And chat to you all very soon. Sound.